Welcome to My Take on It with Your Angelic Karma. If you are interested in sharing your story in a future broadcast, send an email to yourangelicstories at gmail.com. Here she is, folks, your host, the one, the only, the also beautiful, Your Angelic Karma. take on it with your angelic karma today is saturday january 1st 2022 the first day of the year this is a number six year and it's also in combination with the number eight year now is where we're starting at the beginning beginning this is the first show of the year we're starting at the beginning beginning we're actually going to the word on the street first this is something that we're going to talk about throughout the year. Those of you that want to add to the conversation, you most definitely can join me in the chat. We are live once again. Or you can send your emails into your angelic stories in the subject line. Put the, that we are talking about the beginning of man's evolution slash creation, because that's what we're going to be talking about now. And so in that you want to add to that as we talk about this throughout the year. Now we're going to the world on the street quite, quite directly here. And somebody's question, somebody else's question, not my questioning, not my, not my question, not my wording, excuse me. Humans started out as a small group of people and now there are 7.5 billion of us. Is our current physical form the result of centuries of inbreeding? Why aren't we mangled and diseased beings if inbreeding was the case? This is somebody's question. Now, we have people that are answering this person. We have people out of different facets of the society with different titles. We have this first person, Patrick Foley, who has a PhD in evolutionary genetics and ecology from the University of California that's going to answer this person first. This is some food for thought. You have to decide what you think about it. Remember, we're going to be talking about this sporadically throughout the year. Send your, your part or what you want to add to the conversation to your angelic stories at gmail.com. And I will mention it in our next, what your opinion is or what your studies are or what you research. And I'll mention it when we talk about this again in the future here. Now, Patrick states, humans... To this person's question, humans, homo sapiens, probably started out as a population of a few thousand slightly deviant homo rhodesianus. I don't know how to spell that. R-H-O-D-E-S-I-E-N-S-I-S. Individuals. Now, about 300,000 years ago, Adam and Eve is a serious understatement of the population size. We probably had about the same amount of genetic variability then as now inbreeding is only harmful by bringing together delicious recessive alias in a somewhat inbred population the the delirious alias is it alias a-l-l-e-l-e-s have been called out by natural selection already the problem with inbreeding is going from a very outbred population to a very inbred one, given that humans always had substantial numbers and we're willing to slut around with related species of Neanderthals, 
in disobedience, not to mention other branches of humans, the dangers of inbreeding are not usually great. Highly inbred families, such as the Greco-Egyptian Ptolemy clan, produced Cleopatra, by all accounts, a brilliant, beautiful, and fertile woman. Now, so he is, he's, he's, he's kind of with Adam and Eve in that statement. He's kind of based on his research and his opinion, also including that, excluding that man came from Adam and Eve, that the gene pool is too diverse. Even when we go back, that, that there was too much diversity in humans, even if we take it back to the time of Adam and Eve, quotation marks. That's what he's stating. And he's also stating that, what we've been told about inbreeding and the effects, the mild effects that it has on the human body is not always the case. And he used Cleopatra as an example of that, like that. Now, so what do you all think about that? We're also going to go down here to James. He has a PhD in biochemistry, and we're going to see what he has to add to the conversation. There will have been plenty of mangled and diseased beings along the way, with plenty such people being born today. So he's telling the questioner that we do have diseased and mangled people being born. And those diseased and mangled people that we have now could be a result of past interbreeding within that genetic, that bloodline of that family. And I guess we give a new name to that. That's what the new names are for people that are born with certain illnesses and ailments and diseases is what he's trying to say. Now, however, these beings would not be, a, be as successful at passing on their DNA. So are selected out of the population at each generation population bottlenecks has almost certainly occurred in humans. North America settled by just 70 people study concludes. And he puts a link to that study where North America, okay, where we are, was settled by just 70 people. And at each generation, those people that are mangled and that are born with certain diseases due to inbreeding, they are naturally selected out of the gene pool where they can't carry on and procreate, is what he's stating. Now, and an inbreeding would likely have occurred in such groups, but those receiving unfavorable genetic combinations would have been selected out of the population, leaving the lucky ones with more favorable combinations to pass on their DNA. That those that were mangled in disease to that uh, a significant amount, that they were not able to procreate, but still those that had been inbred and weren't too mangled or diseased, they were able to pass down their genetic material. And that's uh, that is that correlates with the humans that we have today like that as it relates to inbreeding. Now, that's what his opinion is. Now, then we have David Rosen, PhD in physics in, in Solid State City University in New York. Now, he states to this person of the original question, natural selection and de novo, de novo mutation eventually trumps inbreeding. So he's kind of is he's kind of corresponding with what James just stated that even though humans were inbred now to certain degrees those that were born that were mangled and diseased they were not able to procreate so they were they were genetically they were they were like evolutionary selected out of the gene pool but the rest that were inbred that were at a healthier state genetically were able to pass down 
their genes and that accounts for a lot of the humans that we have today like that because remember when inbreeding is usually it's usually because just like him citing this citing this study north america settled just by 70 people okay so of course inbreeding would have been happening and also when we have populations of people that are in deserted areas of the united states like that, like the Appalachian Mountains, or even even when you look at the South and where there aren't many people coming in, so there isn't a lot of diversity in the gene pool. Or even when you look at there is diversity and there are different people to choose from, and people like with people that have money traditionally, and back in the day they would want to keep the money in the family, so they would be mating, marrying, having children with people within the family like that and in some parts of the world that still happens so let's go ahead but we're stop they're talking about the beginning here as related to this person's question david states natural selection and de novo mutation eventually trumps inbreeding let me give you an example for simplicity better suited for insects if recessive genes are killing 99.9 percent .9 of the population every generation and if the birth rate is a factor increase of 10,000 times the population every generation then barring other factors, the population increases by a factor of 10 each generation. Environmental factors would knock down the population another factor of 10. The environmental factors would cause evolution in the population. Now, also, okay, well, I asked this last. There is also the de novo mutation. The de novo mutation can generate an alley, alley or ally, A-L-L-E-L-E. That suppresses the expression of a gene. The de novo doesn't even have to be in the gene itself to suppress the expression. So if a recessive gene is harmful, but the population persists a very long time, there will probably be a de novo mutation to turn the harmful gene off. The alley that turns the harmful gene off will propagate throughout through the population. This will undo some of the effects of inbreeding. Okay, so he's stating that if you have a secluded population of people and they are interbreeding with one another, that e even if they are passing those recessive genes one to the other and the diseased and mangled people are naturally selected out of the gene pool, but those that are still inbred, this is my understanding, those that are still inbred or still inbreeding, eventually they will, will inbreed enough where that recessive genes gene has no negative effect and it cancels itself out and that's what he stated has happened over time with humans like that now that's what he's stating okay that's what i'm getting that he's stating so families that have very large numbers of offspring in which a lot of disabled offspring that die off with progeny will in a few generations beat the effects of inbreeding okay so he's stating that families with very large numbers of offspring we're talking about inbred families and they allow the disabled offspring like people that are born mangled and diseased they will even be naturally selected out of the gene pool or they will die usually we're talking about time period past they will usually die but the the but humans continue they're stating about how we got to 7.5 billion people humans continue and we were able to cancel out the effects of what interbreeding would have caused. Understand what I'm saying? This is the point that he's making. This is what I'm getting that he's saying. Now, this is the weird hard truth behind the Nazi eugenics propaganda. Inbreeding will cause birth defects and wipe out a population if there is no culling of the population. 
So the Nazis at the same time, they were killing off handicapped children and trying to whack almost everyone else on earth. We're encouraging, were encouraging the Germans to have huge families. The seed truth is that huge families probably do not prevent birth defects if weak children are simultaneously removed from the gene pool. Okay. Probably do prevent birth defects. So he's stating that, okay, we're talking about the eugenics in, in, in Germany now, and that, okay, they were encouraging the Germans to have huge families because it probably does prevent the birth defects if the weaker children are removed from the gene pool. By the natural selection of being born mangled in disease and not being able to procreate due to that, but still living, or by dying at birth due to, due to whatever inbreeding, and, 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 and like that and everything else that happened in Germany. Okay, so now this is the hidden truth in a lot of eugenics programs. To prevent birth defects in the long run, it is better to reproduce with abandon and allow nature to take its course with the weak and stupid children. This is what he states that was the hidden truth behind the eugenics program. The Nazis and Japanese, ancient Hebrews, young Turks, etc., tried to help nature alone by killing off everybody that they felt was inferior. Okay. Other inbred groups tried to increase their birth rate partly to offset the bad effects of inbreeding. A lot of them are religious, Chasidic Jews, Amish, Roman Catholics, and other religious groups do everything they can to both encourage inbreeding and increasing the birth rate. Okay, now, birth rate exclusively and eventually genocide seem to emerge in different groups over all of history. Humans in some ways act like desert locusts, Humans and desert locusts seem to alternate between solitary and swarming stages. People who are not so exclusive with their breeding rights tend to have smaller families. Exclusivity and high birth rates seem to go hand in hand. I think that people have temperaments that unconsciously support eugenics programs. Okay, so what, what I'm getting also that he's stating here is that inbreeding is encouraged. Or was encouraged. And because they thought that over time, through natural selection, those that were born mangled in disease, they were not going to be able to procreate anyway. So it would not taint the lineage, the bloodline, the ancestral lineage. Now, so, and this is very interesting to me. We put astrology into it. My moon being in Capricorn and my, my north node being in Capricorn is the ancestral lineage. Okay. So, is, so, so they were encouraging them to inbreed. And have as many children as they can because they they thought or knew quotation marks. I don't know if they thought or knew that the more children they would have by natural selection, they would be born mangled in disease at first, more so than now, even though we can we could kind of associate birth defects now with inbreeding of the past. This is my understanding I'm getting from him. So what you're saying is, David that they were encouraging the big families within the family because of that. And they thought that the more children they would have, eventually those recessive genes would cancel themselves out and the inbreeding within the family could continue and you will have that bloodline lineage that is pure for that family 
without the diseases that naturally occurs from inbreeding over a span of time period from back then until now. Okay, so. Now, that brings me to another question spiritually. Was this done to so that, and this is going to be an out-of-the-box question because my mind usually goes out-of-the-box when people are speaking. Now, and we have John that is going to speak next on student, he studied social sciences at Harvard University. Now, okay, but we're not going to go with that. Now, we're gonna, not going to go to him. We'll talk to him about what he's going to, we'll pick up there in the next episode. Now, so were they doing this so that one family could rule the world and then they could kill off everybody else and that one family could populate the world? Was that the intention or what was the reason? What was the intention like that? So, okay. Now until next time, thanks for listening. That's some food for thought. Send your emails to your angelic stories at gmail.com. If you want, you want to add your opinion to the conversation or your research more so to the conversation. And I'll most definitely pick that up when we talk about this further and next until next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.